0: Alright so hopefully we'll uh, we'll go through quite a number of little tech tools and tips so um, I kind of encourage you to have a copy of the slide deck whether you use the QR code or the bit.ly um, or if you lose track of it later on it's on the CA website um, but all the things that we're going to be looking at that have the links to them a lot of the links are underneath the slides kind of where they have the notes section so um, hopefully that will kind of get you to the right part if you need to come back later and Um, With a lot of the tools, you're just kind of about playing around and getting to know them a little bit better. So we'll kind of run through some. We'll pop back and forth. I'll keep cutting across my screen here to get my computer so We can kind of actually go to some of those sites and play around with it um, a little bit there as well. So um, hopefully uh, you can use these. You to see some practical use in at least some of them, right? They're not all going to fit, every single person. Um, They are all free. Like a lot of the tech tools these days, there's... shoot. Excuse me. There's free and there's... um, the paid part of it, and so everything we'll talk about, I'll try to kind of mention the free, and what you get from free, and um, and things like that, and so, with that, um, in hindsight, after I kind of titled this, I, know I was kind of thinking like fall, and you know, you see like the little cornucopias, and Thanksgiving, and then uh, at the last minute I put this little image together, and I kind of felt like it ruin the screen, but then I spent so much time like finding the logos and, <laughs> them, and then, that. Then I just had to keep it, so it's um, yeah. So it's kind of that love hate relationship. But um, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll make it through all these tools. Um, if you didn't get a chance to already jump into this padlet, that's fine. If we have time at the end, we'll kind of cycle back around and look to see um, what some of you put up there. Here's just a little snapshot of it and things were coming in earlier. Um, if you haven't used Padlet before, and I apologize, the, the resolution from this projector is a little bit weird, but um, a nice little collaborative tool to post things um, and give the students the ability to kind of put things on here. So whether you give guidelines, like I kind of give my, my columns and the students go in and put things in there, um, it's a nice way to, to share some things with, with each other as well. So uh, this might be something else. A few of these we'll go through today and other ones um, I'm not going to touch on, but... Um, a nice tool. I think Padlet now only gives you like three Padlets for free um, but it's kind of one of those things where they're pretty easy to set up and so you can always kind of run one and then when you're done with it just delete it and then create a new one a little bit later on. So as we go through some of these tools um, the main purpose is not to kind of talk about these frameworks but I feel like I need to at least mention a little bit about as you think about these different technology tools and how you might be able to use them Um, We always want to be conscious of why, right? Not just doing the tech for the sake of doing tech. So, again, I I linked a lot of these frameworks underneath um, in the actual slides if you want to investigate them a little bit more, but I'll give you like the one-minute summary of them as well. Um, So with this triple E framework, um, Liz Kolb um, has designed this one out of the University of Michigan. um, It's very practical in terms of the triple E in terms of, thinking about how is this technology going to engage my students, right? How is it going to help engage them more than not using the piece of technology would? Or how is it going to help them to, to enhance that that learning experience, right? Deeper learning, uh, possibly extending that into kind of real life. Um, one of the sessions I went to yesterday was talking about this um, kind of this meter that students have in terms of authentic versus artificial learning, right? They need to have a purpose, an idea of why. Why do I need to know this? How is is going to... Um, be important in my life kind of idea, and as soon as they determine it to be artificial, they kind of just tune out, and so I kind of think about that one with the extending. So a very practical framework, just to kind of run through a couple questions, they even have a nice little rubric that I posted underneath there, to kind of as you get a tool, kind of work through it, and it actually kind of scores it, and tells you like, is this actually worth using or not? Um, TPAC is another nice one. Um, A few years ago I went through Michigan State's um, EdTech program, and they focused a little bit more on the TPAC model, Again, a kind of a common sense way to think about using tech. Um, you guys are the content knowledge experts, right, in your field. Um, you know your content, you, you've studied it, you have a passion for it. Um, hopefully you've learned some good pedagogy, right, some of it you were kind of forced to in classes, and a lot of it just kind of came naturally as you were thrown into the fire and you figured out what worked and didn't. And then they say take here this this technical knowledge, right, take technology and looking for that sweet spot on how you can take your, your expertise, your pedagogy, and tech and kind of fit it right in this sweet spot so they can all work together and bring your lesson to place where it wouldn't be able to be without. And so that's the TPAC. And then finally the SAMR method. Uh, I kind of like this one because I feel like it's that step model a little bit. Um, as I work with teachers in my school, you know, there's, there's a huge difference, right, where people are at and sometimes a teacher will see what one person is doing and they kind of get caught up in that, I can't do that, right, it's just, it's like amazing and, and I'm not there. And so I kind of like the SAMR method because I feel like it's more like okay, well let's look where you're at and let's just try to take a baby step forward, right? How can we have what you're doing and without just doing anything crazy? How can we, you know, um, substitute, augment, kind of working up there? You know, there's there's always those gains, right? Those steps that can be made, and let's just take baby steps and and who knows where you're going to be in a couple years from now, right? Not compare ourselves <coughs> to everyone else. Let's just see what we can do and keep that student learning, right? What's gonna be best for our students. So, just hopefully that's kind of in the background as we look at these tech tools. And so, um, I'll say that as I kind of went through, I feel like most of the things I'm gonna show you today have value. There's a couple of them that are just a little bit for fun, but um, we'll we'll hopefully see that. Um, So, our first category of some of our tech tools and and tricks today um, is student feedback. I just came from a a giving good feedback. I don't know if any of you are in there, just down there. Lots of good advice on what your feedback should be. Here's a couple tools that might help give the feedback. So, number one is called TextBlaze. Um, it is a Chrome extension. Uh, anyone use TextBlaze to give feedback? Okay, so I tried to make a little um, picture there, and we'll, we'll jump over to the real site here in a second, but I think we all have that, uh, uh, you're grading papers, right? And you keep writing the same thing over and over again, right? Like. 95% of your students kept forgetting to do the same thing, right? And you just type it or write it. Um, if you're using Google, or maybe your Google Classroom or Google Assignments, and you can do comment banks, and that's, that's good. It works pretty well for that. But what if you're now using a different program for this one? Like high school rolled out Canvas a couple years ago. So now I, some of my stuff I'm using speed grader through Canvas, and some of my stuff I'm using Google Assignments. And so I, do I do make two comment banks? And... Um, TextBlaze is kind of cool because it works basically in any sort of text environment. It works in emails as well. Um, and so, in this one, I was grading students' lab reports, and we talked about claim evidence and reasoning, and one of the reasonings that they had to do is explain how they conducted a fair test in science. Okay, I did not actually give them this feedback because it's kind of, it's a little bit snarky there. But, um, so, I was just kind of thinking, I had just graded a lot of lab reports when I was kind of putting this together. So. Um, basically, all I have to do is if I type hashtag or, um, backslash fair, it pops up this kind of predefined statement that I, I have. And you can see that you can do colors and fonts and highlighting. And not every box that you pasted in will accept that kind of formatting, but they will all accept just text, right? And so as I'm grading those lab reports, um, I'm just going to toggle back over here to, to Text blaze. Um, Just a really nice way to kind of think about you maybe even know going into it, right? What are those things that the students are going to struggle with and you're going to say over and over again? Um, or maybe you'd grade a couple and you start to find yourself typing the same things. And so you just go over to text blaze. I've made up two so far. We'll try the graphing one. So if I just type that, it pops it up. Um, so very simple way to give some feedback, right? Now again, you might want to type a little bit of personalized stuff in there as well or you know, somewhere in the lab report, of course, you want to have personalized feedback as well, um, but a very nice way to, to go about it. Now, if I just show you hashtag fair, um, you can see that one. I'm not sure why it's all showing up bold right now, because it wasn't doing that like half an hour ago. But um, You can do it in comment boxes, so if you're a Google person and you like to do, you know, the little comment boxes, you highlight the text and do the comment box, you can paste it right in there. It'll show right up. It doesn't do the colors, um, same thing with canvas if you're doing like a speed grader type thing it doesn't show the colors in in some of those smaller text boxes Um, if you do it in like gmail for example all that nice formatting and whatnot pops up there Um, and so you know part of that feedback one that I was just hearing a few minutes ago is is just that that feedback has to be meaningful right it has to be more than just like oh nice job here or you forgot you you didn't do a good fair test right Um, and then the student's like well I don't really remember what a fair test is going to be right and so rather than taking the time to just type that over and over again, figuring out how we can use TextBlaze to do that. Um, So just a nice feedback tool for number one. Um, And again, the links are all underneath there, so there's a link to tell you a little bit more about about it and also getting you over to the Chrome store if you want to add that as an extension. Um, ScreenPAL is another nice feedback tool. Um, So ScreenPAL is going to allow you to make video uh, comments, video feedback. Um, has anyone ever heard of or used Mote before? M-O-T? Moat. Okay. Mote is like an audio feedback. It basically gives a link and they can hear the audio. Um, I played around with it a little bit, but their free version, um, there's not much free to it anymore, and so it seemed like not very practical. And so basically ScreenPal now is, is kind of like that, but it actually gets video too, which, could, which can be good or bad. I should say, by the way, um, TextBlaze allows you 20 snippets at a time. And so if you kind of think about, if you're, if you're keeping things a little bit more general on this text blaze anyways, and you're kind of focused on those things where you know they're gonna struggle a little bit and you, you set it up, 20 seems like a pretty fair number. And then you know, if you find later on you need a little bit more, you might have to you know, delete those ones that you used earlier in the, in the year a little bit. So um, their paid subscription is not super expensive, and there's a few more things you can do with a paid version, but for the most part it's pretty good. Um, as far as I can tell with ScreenPale, I, I don't find any limits that they're putting on things. Um, you do like any kind of screen recorder, one of the options are you get the, you know, record your screen, record your camera, or record them both. Uh, one thing I really liked about the screen pal idea is as you're giving feedback, I feel like there's a little bit more personality to it, right? They're kind of seeing you. You're talking directly to them. Um, you're, you're explaining. Even by having the screen, you know, think about you're grading a paper. And before, maybe you're trying to type some comments or give them some feedback, and it's not always clear exactly where they're talking about now, if you're doing this, uh, this screen pail, you can be right there in that part of the paper, right? Kind of circling it with your cursor, talking about it, hey, right here when you said this, this was really great, but then you failed to kind of back yourself up with evidence as you went on it. Um, another interesting thing about it is, so you can see this is kind of the Google Classroom Google Assignment, there's like the overall feedback box there. So I can show you here, I think I have one open. There are a few limitations. It doesn't work in every single text box. This is, again, a Chrome extension. Um, but if I did, if I try to, like, highlight something here and get, like, the little comment box, I can't do a screen pale in there. Alright? Um, but if I want to, and I should do someone who already submitted it, if I have a comment box, like, over here for my overall feedback, I can just kind of start to hover in. the Internet's a little bit slow with everyone in here, but, uh, We'll see it right here. So there's this little button here. I just click it and it's going to kind of prompt me. I haven't logged in, so it's probably going to make me do that. I'm not going to do it right now, but it'll prompt you. It's pretty quick on your own Wi-Fi. Um, how do you want to do this in terms of the screen, the camera or both? And after you record that video, it just puts the link right in that, that box. Even better, if, you hover, if the student hovers over that link, rather than actually having to click on it and go to it, the, bo- the video actually just pops up on the screen. And so just very, very quick to get that feedback. The other thing that I was hearing in that last session was, it's great to give good feedback, but do you ever give your students time to view that feedback and work with it? And this would be just, A, it's right there for them. And, you know, B, maybe you take two minutes at the start of the next class to be like, all right, everyone pull this up and listen to some of the feedback I gave. So, you know, if you like to to speak more than talk, you know, sometimes I kind of, I don't know, I find myself getting into uh, not saying a whole lot because you're thinking about the next one and and on and on. Um, Maybe ScreenPale will help to give that that personalized feedback and a little bit more of the detail as well. So that is ScreenPale. All right, moving on, switching gears just a little bit. um, The next few tools are going to be dealing with kind of organizing and streamlining, right? Most of you probably aren't sitting here with just an abundance of time and right, time to waste. And so kind of think about how can we... Um, help make you more efficient and also some of this will apply to your students kind of making them more efficient as well. Uh, So the first one is something called Symbaloo. Symbaloo is a, um, well it's a website but you can also have this be um, like your first screen when you open up a new tab. There's a lot of options these days when you click like create a new tab. This could be in your background and it allows you to organize a lot of your links. It's kind of like taking bookmarks and putting them in a little bit more of a visual way. Um, The other kind of nice thing about it is you can also share the creations that you make with other teachers. You could share it with students. Um, So let's say you don't have a a learning management system that allows you to kind of organize and you have these five websites that you want students to use for today, right? You could make a little, what they call a web mix for it, and have those five links right here and just share that one thing to your students and they could go from there. Or you could spend a little bit more time and making a little bit more of a you know, you can see they have a lot of different categories there. I'll show you the amazing one that I've made so far, which is less than amazing. Um, I do plan to have this kind of become, not my background, but again, my kind of opening slide every time I create a new tab and kind of use it instead of bookmarks. Um, but I set it up so far. I created a web mix. You can see it right up here. called GRCS for Rapids Prescription Schools. And I started kind of putting those things that I just use daily. So I have my grade book, my Gmail, uh, this is a focus app. My Google Drive. This is Canvas. All I did was basically click in one of the boxes, type in or copy and paste the URL, and it automatically assigned it a, um, a little icon there. You can change those around. Um, there's a lot more you can do within that. You can create other web mixes. You can share it with each other. You can change your backgrounds. Um, it is free. And interestingly enough, it's not um, it's not showing me any commercials over there. You usually, get up do advertisements. Again, anything, something's free, you kind of want to test it a little bit. I was playing around with this yesterday, and um, some women's underwear ad popped up over there. So I was kind of curious on where that was coming from, so I clicked into the settings, and it said it's based on my my viewing history, which I strongly disagree with. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what was going on there, but um, again, it's one of those things you want to maybe check out a little bit if your computer is going to be displaying um, this in front of students and things like that. Um, but it is free. Um, I did have the ad blocker running and it did ask me to turn it off and, it, and to be honest I should have thought about it a little more. I just kind of said okay because I was just playing around with the tool and now I, I, I can't quite remember if it gave me options to kind of keep that ad blocker on this or that. So um, just kind of keep all those things in mind but it's a really nice way to get to those, those quick links um, and try to make things a little bit more visual, and maybe you have another web mix for things you use at home, or maybe you have web links for, you know, here's this class I teach and all these links that we usually use, and a different class has different links. Um, just seems like there's a lot of uh, options and a lot of different ways to use that symbol There's also a paid version. It's relatively inexpensive, but um, I don't know if it's worth it just to remove those advertisements, unless you get lots of women's underwear ads, I guess. <laughs> Alright, a couple tricks. Um, I use Chrome quite a bit. And there's a lot of things that are kind of hidden within Chrome that, um, that you may or may not know about. And so we're going to quickly look at a couple examples of copy to highlight, create QR code, and reading lists. And so if I just toggle back over, we'll pull up. Here is, um, we're going to try copy to highlight here a minute. And so I just pulled up an article On the origin of species and so let's say it's uh, this one's a little bit more of a technical article maybe it's more of a web page and you don't really want your students to read the whole thing you're trying to kind of get them to go to that that one part of it and and get the idea of it and so let's just say I scroll down if I just share this website or this article the odds that my students are going to find the right thing is um, is probably not not too high but let's just say I want them to get right to I think there's a conclusion on this way down there but I can't find it now, so we'll choose something else. Let's say I just want to get them to this paragraph right here. So I highlight it, or maybe just highlight the title of that section. Um, I'm on a Mac, so two finger click or right click for, for the other half of you. And then I get this, uh, this option to copy link to highlight. And so I copy it, if I just go and paste it in a new window here, it should load that same article. And at the first glance, it's going to be right up at the top, and then once it loads the article, it should just jump right down, and it'll have whatever I highlighted. So again, it's, it's probably best not to just do the title, but highlight the chunk that you want them to read. It takes them right to that summary part. Right? So you can email that link. You could post that link in your LMS or however else you share links. And um, again, just a nice way to really focus it into that. So just copy, copy to highlight. Another nice thing that uh, Chrome does is so a lot of you were scanning the QR code earlier today. And so think about QR codes, lots of different ways to use them, right? Maybe you have a QR code kind of at the beginning of class and as kids walk in, they can scan it. Again, it's a little bit device specific, right? It's not maybe always as convenient if you're doing a computer, but iPads or cell phones and kind of depends if you have an LMS. So uh, here's an example. The other, I had this genius idea like two weeks ago. So I was running a half marathon this past Sunday and um, thank you for World Vision. And um, I was going to the Portage Invite for Cross Country. I coach Cross Country as well. And it's like the biggest invite in the Midwest, right? There's like the, 6,500 runners. They thought they were going to be 15,000 spectators. So I'm like, okay, it's a running community. I'm going to wear my World Vision singlet, right? And I printed off a QR code my on my fundraising page. And I, I pinned it on my front and back. And I'm like, man, people are going to ask me about it. Um, the QR code part worked great. All I did was uh, click, again, right click or two-finger click. If you do it, by the way, on an image, it's going to just capture the image instead. But you can see this one says, create QR code for this page. So I did that. It gave it to me. It gives you a link. You can download it. I printed it. I pinned it on me. And I had one person ask me about it the whole day. And it was the wife of the person I coach with. So it didn't really work. But the technology is there. What's that? It was also your aunt. Yes. Also her her mom, incidentally. Um, So... um, but the idea was there, and there's a lot of good reasons for QR codes, right? Getting people to websites really, really quickly. And sometimes it's like, okay, but I have to like get the website and then find a QR code maker and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's just built in right there. So nice, easy tip there. Finally, I have an issue with tabs. Um, I typically have about 70 tabs open in my Chrome. I think I currently have five desktops of tabs. And there, there are ways to organize them, right? Um, But, reading lists is where I'm trying to transition over to, and so I just clicked right here on any Chrome tab, it's the second to the right one, right next to my picture there, and it brought up this little sidebar, which has both bookmarks and a reading list there. Now, again, bookmarks are good. It might be a better option than Symbaloo if you like that. Um, I consider bookmarks to be more of those things where, like, those are the sites that you're constantly going to, right? You just need a good record. What I struggle with is I come across like a good tech tool or a good article for, for AP Biology or this or that, and I, I save the tab because I know if I close it, it's gonna be out of sight, out of mind, and I'm never gonna think about it again. And so I save the tab, and then I never think about it again anyways. But um, rather than having all these tabs accumulate, I've tried different ways, um, you could just do a reading list. So let's say I really wanna read this article, but I just don't have the time right now. It's open, I click the little sidebar, click Add Content, and it's just going to save a direct link to that over on the right maybe at some point i actually read it and if i want i can check it off and it goes down to the bottom saying she had done it but it's still saving it or if i just don't want it at all i can click the x um so again or maybe think about your students right as they're doing some research maybe they're out on the internet trying to find some different resources and you want to have them have a way to kind of compile save where they're doing right they if they're using chrome they have a reading list as well, so a way to maybe declutter. Anytime I have a tech issue and I, I talk to our other tech people about it, they always tell me, well, my computer is slow, not because it's old, but because I have so many tabs open, and I just don't like to believe them, right? Um, it seems like it should still work just fine, but maybe if I move over to the reading lists, it will, it will speed things up a little bit. Um, so a lot of nice things just kind of built right into, into Chrome there as well. Um, so those are some Chrome tricks. Semi-related, here's a Google Doc trick. This is a newer option that they just added to Google Docs, like the actual doc where you like, type like a word processing Google Doc. Um, in the past, there wasn't a way to get notifications for edits. You could do it with some of the other ones. like I think you could do it with Sheets if someone edited some cells and things like that, but you couldn't do it with Docs. So now, if I have a student, and maybe you have a student like this as well, where for whatever reason, they just don't seem to be getting that, that work done, and for whatever reason, instead of just waiting for them to tell me, I, I keep kind of popping back over because I'm like, by sh- they, they must have, have it done by now, right? I want to get that like, missing out of the grade book. And I go back and I'm like, no, they didn't do anything yet. Right? They didn't do anything yet. So what I kind of discovered here, I'm going to go back to a different student here, get rid of my reading lists. Um, this works in any Google Doc. It doesn't matter. I'm running mine through Google Assignments, through Canvas. Google Classroom is the same. So all my students had this, this reading guide that they've been working on and again the formatting is a little bit weirder on this presentation but if I click my little sidebar there and I get to tools and notification settings right down there now they offer you this box right here and so for this particular student that I've been trying to get them to wrap this up I just check that box this was checked by default none and so, now, anytime he goes over into this document and adds anything, I get an email saying when it happened, how many changes he made, and a like snapshot of each of the places he typed with the, with the um, typing colored, which I think we can see over on there. I just took a little snippet of it. So, it kind of saves that time. I would not want to do this with all my students, right? I don't have it set up to just default every time a student does a Google Doc to send me a notification, um, but for those ones where you're trying to keep a little closer eye on, a nice little feature that they added pretty recently so edit notifications and then our final organizational one for those of you that use YouTube there's a couple little tips here Um, so anytime you're playing a YouTube video kind of on the top right there's always some interesting things that can happen Uh, for one you never quite know what those suggested videos are gonna be over on the right hand side Uh, you never quite know you know a lot of the videos these days you have to play the little ad and this is completely random I swear but when I first found this tool few months ago, it was following, I played a video in class, and, and guess what the commercial was they played? It was, a, it was an underwear commercial. So I don't, a women's underwear commercial, I really don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, so maybe, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Um, but I'll, you want to possibly limit those distractions or, or underwear commercials. And so there's two options here. One is called Unhook. It's another Google extension. If I kind of hover up here, Actually, I'll go back to here to see it. You can maybe see this little icon up here with the little red and and triangle here. So let me just go to a YouTube video here. Um, The nice thing about Unhook is it gives you tons of options on what to block or not block. But it really is only working from, like, the presentation mode idea, right? So if I'm showing the video in the front of my class and I don't want all that other stuff to, to show and the recommended videos and this and that, I can use Unhook. I got a different trick if you're, like, sending the students to watch a video. We'll get to that one in a second. So let's say I don't want, so we got some comments down here, we've got the sidebars, we might get an advertisement when we play it, Um, but if I go instead and I click my little extension right there, um, I currently have it off by default and I'm just going to turn it on. It gives me tons of options to slide things back and forth here, and so you can see that I took the sidebar off, if I check that one back on, the sidebar comes, and even with that there's a lot of options, so I can hide the sidebar. Um, I hid the comments, as you can see there, because who knows what's going to be said in those. Um, I know there's something in here where I can hide even this bottom part. You hide the title. Um, and so there's, basically, you can get it down to just showing the video. And then those distractions are gone. Um, it shouldn't show you any of the suggested videos at the end, if you have that selected. So just focusing right on your content. Um, so nice little, it's pretty quick, right? We can turn it on, turn it off. Yeah. How do you get that onto your options? Yes. The, right up here? Yes. So with Chrome extensions, and I, I did put a link underneath this slide on the thing. Um, so again, it's on the Chrome store. So if you're using the Chrome browser and click that link or just type, like, Chrome extension unhook, it'll take you right to that. And it's a little bit dependent on how controlling your, your school is. Um, some leave Chrome extensions a little bit more wide open. Some don't. It's always kind of that constant battle. Um, so if they're getting blocked on Chrome extensions, I would have a discussion with, with whoever's running your tech in terms of here's why what it is and why I would like it. Um, there are some bad extensions out there that that tend to kind of gunk up the computer, which is why they sometimes limit your, your ability to do those kind of things. Um, but so several of these that we've talked about are Chrome extensions, and so, um, yeah, just right from the Chrome store. Um, so nice if I'm showing that in class, but what if I want to actually... Um, share this video with my students, right? I want to put the, the link in my Canvas page. I want to email them, tell them to, to do it. Yeah? Did you say that would watch the ads that pop up before the video or no? I believe it does, okay. but I won't guarantee it. Okay. But I think it does, yes. I know I was playing around with an ad blocker at the same time, so, so now I'm trying to remember exactly. Um, I know one of my coworkers who does make a lot of YouTube videos and, and earns income from doing so, he was laughing because, you know, with the ad blocker, you know, as soon as you put the ad blocker on then, then the person doing the videos doesn't get the royalties for them and things like that, but uh, it is what it is. Um, so the other quick technique here is just adding a little dash in the URL. So if I take this URL down there, all I did, and I'll do it live in a second, is I just added that little dash after, between the T and the U. So everything else is the same. So you just go to your YouTube and if I take it, we can hopefully see it up here try to click in the right spot, so right after the T and the U, I'm just going to put a dash in it, and I'll hit enter here in a second, so I would copy and paste that link into my email or post that link in my Canvas page, and when it gets clicked on, you're going to see no cookies pops up inside that URL here, maybe, there we go, and when it shows it, it basically puts the video in presentation mode, and so you lose the sidebar, it's going to probably start playing my video too here. It kind of, as soon as they click on it, because it's in presentation mode, it just starts playing the video. It takes away all the, the distractors, right? We can, it's finally letting you schedule assignments right? across And so, again, a nice way to kind of um, take away the distractions, take away the ads, take away all those other things that can, you know, you don't want that student going down the rabbit hole of, of a lot of the other stuff going on. Um, also nice because it's not a Chrome extension. There's nothing to download. It's just a matter of adding that, that one little character into your URL. Um, so, that was you too. All right. Time to get you involved a little bit more. Um, two little things. So, this is your intermission. So, you can, you can do whatever while we do this. But, um, two little, I, I said at the beginning that all tech tools should have some sort of purpose to them. Um, I haven't figured out the purpose yet for edit anything, but I like it. Um, so I wanted to show it. I, I keep trying to think about exactly how this would work, but don't share this one with your students. So, for example, let's go back to. Um, we'll go back to that that nice research article I had over here. Um, again, edit anything is a Chrome extension. The link's underneath there. Um, edit Anything allows you to change the page that you're viewing. So you can basically change any of the text on there. You can't really mess with the font. It just defaults to whatever you're, you're dealing with. So let's say, still trying to find a practical application for this, but critical thinking is kind of an important thing. And I feel like sometimes my students just kind of like, they read something and they just accept it, take it at face value, right? So part of me really wants to mess with them and like put some really weird stuff in there or just change the title and, and just kind of get them to comment on it. And so... Again, a Chrome extension up there, it's this little pencil icon. I'm going to click on it, and I get a little on thing pop up. And now I can go into here, and we'll say, let's just say in this part, so on the origin species, Darwin was all wrong. Right? And then I could go in there and start to change some things there as well. Now, it's only on the front side of things, or the outward-facing side, maybe they call it. It's not changing anything there. If I hit refresh, it goes right back to the beginning. And so it's not something that I could have pulled up on their computers for them to see. Um, But, I don't know, I'm just kind of trying to think of different ways to really just mess with my students, to be honest. But um, there's probably some sort of practical application in there on some critical thinking things. So, now on the flip side, you maybe don't mention that to your students because, you know, I think about, we try to track missing assignments at our school and, you know, the students can pull it up and could pretty easily use that to delete the, the 17 missing assignments they had, you know, or... Um, I feel like we had an issue with that in the past and doing it a different way, but that's edit anything, just kind of a fun, a fun little thing. All right, so here's the real intermission. If you are able or feel like it, um, take your device and try it. You can either click this link or type in ccg.buzz. It's going to basically give you a, a buzzer. You're going to buzz in. You're going to answer a little quiz here, a little technology quiz. So you should be able to click on that. It's going to ask you for a code there. It's LZMD. So this is called Crowd Buzzer. It's just a a way to, um, basically, if you you know you're going to ask your kids questions or play Jeopardy or this or that, you probably asked a question before. It's like a trivia, and like everyone raises their hand at the same time, and you're like, "Mm, Jimmy was first, right? This will actually like show you the list of the names of who pushed the buzzer first. So, I got a couple questions in a second. So ccg.buzz, or just click the link, and then lzmd. It'll be, it'll show on our thing here in a second. I just need to get over to it. Sorry, it'll show back up in just one second. Yeah. Sorry, the internet is definitely being bogged down by all of us probably on in multiple. Are some of you getting on, Buzz? It's on there? Okay. It's not probably letting you do anything right now because I have the buzzer turned off. Here, for those of you that just, you can't sit still for a second, I'll turn the buzzer on and you can push it for a second if you want. There you go. Thank you. Okay. So you can see like some names are starting to come in. Again, it was just buzz, buzz, cgg.buzz, LZMD was the code. Okay, so don't answer the question yet because that wasn't the real one. So I'm going to turn your buzzers back off a second. And this will be a practice round, because you already see the question ahead of time. So the question is, approximately how much did the first cell phone cost, okay? Don't be like that person yesterday who said $1,500, because it's not even an option, okay? They didn't pay attention. Um, So, in a second, if you think you know the answer, I'm going to turn the buzzers on, and whoever buzzes in first gets to answer the question, okay? All right. Mary, you were fast. Where's Mary? Okay, what's the answer? $100. $100 is not correct, Mary. Nice try, though. Lisa? $4,000. $4,000? I think you're correct, but I'll just verify that. And you are correct. All right, so I'm going to turn your buzzers off. Uh, Question number two. All right, don't buzz in before you can see the question. Question number two. First engine-powered airplane. All right, Mr. Rose, Roz, Rose, Rose. Yeah. Um, going with the right fire. The right fire, number one. How many people agree? Two <laughs> of you are correct. You are correct. Sorry, I feel like I should have candy, but um, okay. I have a big pen. Okay, anyways, yes, bragging rights. Perfect. Okay, question, this one, true or false? Oof. I'm just curious. It seems like there, it lets a lot of you buzz in. Good. All right, so, Becky. True. That is a true statement. And our final question here and then we got to move on with life. Here is our final question. First email. Alright, Christine. 1982. 1982 is not correct. Oh. Sorry. Uh BM. 2005. 2005. Not correct. Oh. Melissa. The second one. I can't see it. 71. 1971. That is the correct answer. All right. So, again, crowd buzz. I mean, a lot of us, I think these days, like, there's cahoots, right? There's quizzes. Um, Lookit is a fun one if you haven't tried that. Gimkit. But sometimes you just have like a different quiz, or sometimes it's more informal, and you just want to have a way to like get them a little bit more into game mode and be a little bit more fair on who you're hearing first. It's a little bit weird to kind of toggle back and forth. I don't think it's a perfect thing, right? Um, But at least to kind of, you know, you can prove to them that no, I didn't call on you because you were slow, right? (laughs) Lane, sorry. Um, So that is uh, is CrowdBuzz. Did you create all the questions like with the correct answers? No, actually, I just googled technology quiz and chose the first one that just wasn't horrible. Yep. Yeah. So, All right, so that was your intermission there. So back into the rest of this, if I can find my stuff. All right, so wrapping some stuff up here. One of our file categories here is looking a little bit at creativity and some design. Um, so kind of trying to maybe spice up some of the stuff we're already doing. Um, The first one, actually, I think I heard a few of you talking about it as you were coming in. Uh, The first one is Canva. Um, I don't have a whole lot of experience with Canva, but there is a ton of stuff in there. And just be sure that if you go to Canva, that start by Googling Canva for Education or click on my link underneath this slide. Um, Because Canva for Education, while you do have to verify your school or someone at some point has to verify your school, and then as long as everyone else uses the email address, it'll automatically pop you in there. Um, gives you pretty much everything for free and there's just a wide range of things that it does. Uh, let's say you're a Google classroom user and you just want um, a nice little banner on the top of your page that's not just, you know, okay this one's red and the other class is blue and it's a little bit on the boring. You want to customize a little bit, right? They have templates in there that you just click on it, you change the image, you can change the color, you can just customize it. Same thing for Canvas. Um, I put buttons on underneath on my Canvas page not too long ago, like click here for unit one, click here for unit two. And I did it through Google Drawings and it kind of worked out okay. And then I realized that, again, Canva has all these pre-made buttons. And all you do is click on them and can easily edit them. Um, there's video editors in there. Um, there's just tons and tons of images that are all customizable. Um, there's whiteboards of a variety of kinds that you can use, customize, and, um, and project and, and use that way. Um, Really, you just, you can, I don't know how well you can see this, but whiteboards, presentations, social media, videos. Um, you know, the, the list is really endless on there. So, just wanted to kind of alert you that it's there. I feel like it kind of flies under the radar in a lot of places. I struggle with it because now we're using Canvas in, in our school, and for whatever reason, I just, it's hard to cut off one letter and call it Canva. So, I always misspeak. But uh, play around with that one sometime and kind of see what's there, especially if you like to um, use some images and not just make everything from scratch. Yeah. Um, is that where you got the slide deck that you're using That's right a good now? point. Um, the slide deck I actually got from Slide Carnival. Um, at the very last slide, I linked last year's presentation and a couple years ago as well, and, and Slide Carnival is in one of those as well. Um, gives you some more options, yes. But I know they also, Canva also has some of that stuff in there as well. Um, so play around with Canva. Um, sometimes it's nice to kind of spice things up, get a little humor into it. Uh, a first question for you. All right, we'll do a show of hands. Do you call this little animated (laughs) clip a GIF or a JIF? How many GIFers out there? Okay, and JIF? Okay, so more GIF. Okay, I wasn't really sure, and then I was like, I'm going to be an idiot when I come up there. So I googled it, and then I was more confused than ever because there was like apparently this whole debate on what you call it, and I think they were saying like the person who kind of designed these pronounces it jiff like the peanut butter, but like no one else really does, even though like it seems like he's the one that, I don't know. It was all really confusing. Um, long story short though, if you like to, to look up these, I guess they will go with the majority, these gifs, um, You know, sometimes it's like, all right, like I'll try to put one in an email or something to staff, and you know, you pull it up, and then you just have to save it as something, and then drag it in, and then you kind of hope it works, and it's not just this like broken link, and everyone's like, why'd you put a broken link in there? (laughs) Um, So there is a little (laughs) extension for it, similar to some of these other ones. You'll see it kind of popped up right on this top corner. Uh, For whatever reason, this one is getting blocked by CEA 2022 (laughs) internet, so I don't think it's going to allow me to actually pull one in. But I made this really good Google Doc. And if I click on this, I should be able to just type something in here, and it would pop up with a whole bunch of options. And then I would just have to click one of those options, drag it straight into here, straight into an email. Um, if you do it within Chrome, all you have to do is click and drag, and it just pops right in there. If you are using it somewhere else, let's say you're going to use it in a Word document or something like that, you just click on it so it becomes a little bit bigger, and then you can save it and. and bring it into your thing. So it's, it's quite convenient. Just kind of a fun way to get a little bit more humor. Sorry that it's actually not working in here, but it does seem to work anywhere else I've ever tried it. Um, it works really well in, in Gmail. So I'm kind of curious by, I, I copied and pasted this statement that they also have it for Gmail as well, which I don't know why it needs its own separate thing, but they seemed really proud of that on their on the Chrome store. So I just thought I would, I'd mention that as well, that maybe it's even easier in Gmail by getting a second extension for that. But. Um, so add some humor into those things. Uh, Magic Eraser. Sometimes you have an image and you just need to modify it a little bit to share. Um, and Magic Eraser is quite magical. So I'll show you an example of this. Again, the links are all in the presentation. So heading back to um, this past weekend, hopefully, if it loads, um, myself and several from our church were running in this, this half marathon for World Vision and, and others. It's not letting me out of my presentation mode. And so there's this nice picture here that um, Matt and his son took. And so they posed on a bridge. They were, they were taking a little more casual approach to the, the 13 miles, right? So they, <laughs> they stopped and they got it. Um, but let's just say that, um, that Judah does something Wrong. Maybe he doesn't do his homework. Um, somehow he, he ticks off my friend here. Well, we got him covered, right? So, I, I apologize, Judah, but, right, he's no longer part of the race. Um, so, I mean, it's like magic, right? Which I guess is why they call it the magic racer. Right, so, it's really, really simple to use. So, maybe you have a, a screenshot of something you want to delete a little student data from that. Or maybe you just want to mess with someone. Or maybe it's just you are on a vacation and this like, weird, creepy dude that's just like right behind you in the picture and you want to get rid of him. Um, I will say this. like It's free. They really try to sell you on the, the paid version for better resolution. So if you truly are like, you, you have this family photo and you're going to hang it up on your wall, you probably don't want to just download it under this normal resolution. Um, I'm never going to pay... $8 a month for the, the better one, and for the most part. Um, several of the images I've used in here were from that, and they've been it's just been fine and good enough. Um, so I just always go with just the download, the, the normal resolution. But again, just a uh, super quick and easy way. And I know there's lots of other programs that are built into things, but I don't know if I've found one that was quite that easy where you can just kind of to play with things and modify it and then use that picture in whatever um, app that you're going for. It's Magic Eraser. Um, another fun one. Sorry? So, again, there's a link right underneath it on the slides. Otherwise, if you go to magiceraser.io, magiceraser.io. This is another one, and and to be honest, I haven't quite figured out the practical application of this one, but it's a lot of fun. So I was testing it. So, yes, I drew that picture. Um, I know. I wasn't quite sure if this was going to work, so I didn't invest a whole lot of time in, in it, but I did have a couple Sharpies. Um, I then took this home, and I, I had asked my daughter, who's nine, I said, have you, have you drawn any, like, pictures of people? And she's like, well, yeah. So let me just pull up hers. So I took a picture of this. It was... Where did it go? There we go. Um, so I took a picture of this to my cell phone. Uh, for some reason, like, this girl's, like manhandling that girl, she kind of grabbed on, so I used the magic eraser to get rid of girl number one, right? I know, it was a very techie moment. Um, Then I went over, I don't even know where I am anymore, I went over to here and um, upload. Again, internet's a little bit slow here, but we'll assume this will work. And I think it's that one right there. All right, so we'll open it. Let's go big screen again. All right, so there she is in all her glory. So I uploaded my picture. I'm going to click next. Uh, I guess we'll agree. Again, I don't really know what I just agreed to. Always read the boxes. Um, it was probably I agreed to an underwear commercial. Um, all right, so I did note I had to do a couple things to this because, I mean, I don't know why her hair is touching her arm like that but i did discover after doing this once that it didn't really know where her air her arm or hair ended so i'm using a little eraser right there to to touch up that gap and just because i've done this before i also know that it's super confused by this spot up here between her her head and her arm so i'm just gonna like kind of erase that crudely there and then hopefully i did enough it seems to spot like the head and the arms and uh, the legs and things like that, so I think that's probably good enough. And lo and behold, Aww. right? So the look on my daughter's face when when that happened, like one minute after I took the picture, um, that she had dri- had our drone, uh, it was pretty cool. And so. There's a lot of different poses, right? Like, we can all be super friendly as well and, and wave and whatnot. And, um, but, a lot of fun. Maybe, yeah. So, you can download it. It downloads as an MP4, um, which I thought it should download it as a GIF, or JIF. Um, but it doesn't seem to. Um, I kind of played around with it, and then I, I, got, I went down one of those rabbit holes and, like, I'm pretty sure I took my MP4 and Googled for a free MP4 to GIF creator, which, of course, there exists, and I dragged it in, and then I, I end up getting one, which I think is how I got this amazing guy doing that. Uh, I think I turned it into a GIF. But, um, and you can see the resolution's not the greatest, probably because I went through, like, four layers of crap to get there. Um, but he does look pretty excited. I'm not really sure what he's doing there. So, um, so fun. I don't know. Again... Practicality of that, right? You run that against the Triple E framework, and i, I don't know what you get. Um, but it seemed fun. So that's animated drawings. Um, it's from this sketched at Meta something something lab. So again, there's a link in there if you want to play around with it. Now uh, they do give you lots of different poses and things you can do as well. So it does. Uh, yeah, look at that man. She's really, really going on that one. So all right, a um, couple other things. This one is called Coolers, which really bothers me because... I mean, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing it, right? But it's all about colors, so... I don't know if they just, like, they couldn't... The website was taken, so they're like, we'll just add an extra O in there or something. But, yeah, maybe cool colors. I don't know. I didn't, I, I didn't really read enough to know the, the history behind it. But um, if you're ever looking at kind of... If you like colors or you like customizing things, um, you know, even within, like, a Google form, right? You can set the color and is it a hex key, hex, hex code? They all have, like, a every color has that code. You can put that into, a, like, a Google form, and kind of, you know, sometimes I'll look it up. Like, our school is supposedly Carolina Blue is, like, the <laughs> official color. So if I Google Carolina Blue, I'll get, like, the code for that, and I paste it in, and then it, the Google form matches our school colors, right? And it's really exciting. Um, but there's million mi- colors in this thing. Again, it's kind of one of those programs where, um, I played around with it. I thought there were some cool ideas to it, especially if you're kind of into some design and whatnot. It really just is one of those ones where you got to play around with a little bit and just kind of see I, I got lost in there a little bit. Um, and then my daughter saw it, now she wants me to paint her bedroom, and that was not the, that was not the purpose of, of finding this. Um, but they have all these different... Um, Palettes and kind of ways to function with it. And it seems to also kind of try to match up things that it thinks are good matches, right? Good colors that go together. Um, so I'm just trying to get the tools there. So there's palette generators and exploring, image pickers. Um, I thought it was kind of, I'll, I'll pull one image in here for a second. Um, again, by bringing an image in, it will kind of tell you what colors match that image. So if you are like creating a web page or this or that and you actually want to. Uh, take the time to, I uh, don't know why I chose those colors. Um, and again, you can see that it is uh, it is a free version that I'm using, right? So little advertisements pop up here and there. Um, but if I wanted to put in a picture here, let's see if we can drag a picture in. Yeah, um, let's do this guy. So drag a picture in, and then it's going to Kind of spot the different colors, the different palettes that would go in there, and you click on different areas. Um, again, we're kind of in the. If you click around or do some different layouts, I don't know why it's not doing it now, but uh, there's other times where it, you know pulled out the red and this or that. Um, but just a, an interesting way to, to see the different colors, and you kind of run through them. And if you like a color, you can lock it, and a whole lot more stuff you can do. But uh, if you're into some design stuff or or and perhaps. If you, if you up, you can look up those colors and they'll show up, and you can make palettes and the save the so them. Sweet. Awesome. So, two tools that work together. That's awesome. Okay. Um, so, that's coolers. Um, last couple things as we wrap up. Um, my top three. So, these are three tools that I feel like I use a ton. And they're none of the ones that we just talked about. I talked more about them last year's and, and last year's tool thing. So, I just wanted to quickly just kind of put them back on the radar for some of you. Um, one, Puzzle. If you haven't used Edpuzzle and you show videos or assign videos for your students to use, um, it is a great way to actually make sure they they watch it. If you've ever been in that, like, okay, I signed a video, and I'm pretty sure like three out of the 25 of them probably watched it. Edpuzzle is probably the way to go. It doesn't allow them to fast forward, or at least that's an option. You can embed questions along the way. If you do multiple choice questions, you'll get the feedback of that they watched it or how much of it they watched, what questions they got right, what questions they got wrong. Um, it's just a really nice tool. The free version allows you to have 20 videos. Um, so if your school doesn't subscribe, it's a good start. If you need more than 20, if you refer other people to it, you can get some extra videos. So then you just find all your coworkers that aren't using it. You invite them to use it, have them sign on, and you get three additional videos for each one that does it. right? And they actually get three as well, so if they ever decide to use it later on, it's a win-win. So you can kind of build up your, your stash of videos that way. Um, but I do about... Once or twice a week, there's kind of a, a video that I have my students watch as, before they come into class, and um, this has definitely made it better. I still have to regulate them a little bit and be like, okay, the questions aren't that hard, right? The questions are just to make sure that they're not multi, multi, multitasking while they're doing it, and so it's like, you know what? A three out of eight, I don't, I don't think you really watch the video. Reset, and you can do it again for tomorrow kind of thing. But that puzzle's a solid one. Uh, flip, no longer flip grid grids are out of style apparently right in 2022 so now it's just called flip um, but again just a great tool in terms of student communication uh, collaboration hearing student voice um, coming up in the next couple weeks my students will be doing a lot with photosynthesis and respiration and uh, they create a poster you can kind of see one in the background there it's just really hard to get to every student and have them talk through it and so they have some different talking points, and they do a flip for it, um, where now I can kind of, on my own time, really listen to it a couple different times, um, and kind of think about what they're telling me, what, what's making sense, what do they need to keep working on. Uh, it's got to be clear that they're not doing it off a of script and things like that, um, but just a nice way for them to be able to actually speak, speak about what they're doing. So that's flip. And then finally, if any of you are screen, if you like to screencast things, um, I send out a lot of different things. To our staff, you know, when they are like, can you remind me, like, how does this work or this? Sometimes it's just easier to do a screencast, re- record it, and fire it off. Um, so Loom has been my my screen recording tool of choice for um, a couple years. It's free for educators. Again, as long as once they recognize your school as being an educational institution, any emails that register after that, you get the full uh, free version of Loom. Um, it saves it all to the cloud, and. Um, then you just have links that you can share around and keeps your library. They keep adding some new features. In fact, I got an email yesterday saying now you can actually blur parts of it. So I've always kind of struggled when I do a, a gradebook tutorial like, how do I block my students' names and stuff on there? And you're like, try to drag part of it off the screen and this or that, and it never works well. And um, so now it would appear at least that I can kind of blur that section of it as I do my screen recording from the other one. So super simple. Um, there's different ways to kind of have it run on your computer, um, so almost any time I'm on a page or we're not, I just click click of a button, and my, my video starts up. So that is Luton. Time limit? Yeah. Does it have a time limit? Like oh, sorry. No, it does not. As long as you're using the the, the educator one, it does not have any time limit on, on video length or videos in general. So that's another reason I like it, because these other ones kind of keep putting the time limits, and... You know, everything opened up for a while during, during COVID, and now it's like, okay, back to reality, people. We got to pay and things like that. Um, if you are looking for yet more tech things and you ignored me last year, you can check out this. You can click on that link or it's below. Uh, I went through Flipgrid and Ed and EdPuzzle and a lot of those other ones. Um, another one from a few years before that. And there's a third one that's posted underneath if you're, if you're looking at formative assignments and different tools for that. Um, so feel free to check those out as well. Um, otherwise... We've got to celebrate here. Unfortunately, this doesn't work in, um, in presentation mode here, but everyone likes to celebrate, except my computer, and so there is even out there a confetti cannon. Um, again, just a, maybe the world's stupidest Chrome extension there, but if your students like colorful things flying around the screens, it's just fun to just keep doing it over and over again and desensitize them to it. Um, so. With that, hopefully you guys learned a little bit today. If you got any questions, I will stick around for a little bit. Um, otherwise, have a safe trip.